Oliver from Rugby League, in my opinion, here. Joined, as always, for the weekly podcast with Cooper. How are you, man? I'm good, bro. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, well, I might as well get the, the sponsor shout-out out of the way early. I've just gotten back. We're recording on Monday night from the Easter Monday game between the Tigers and the Eels. Got great seats for it. Uh, Champ Mouthguards actually hooked me up with the tickets for it. They also sponsored the Tigers, so they were able to do that for me, and I'm really thankful to them that they were in really good seats, like we're right near the front um, on the sidelines. So that was amazing, and Champ Mouthguards were able to do that for me. So an extra special shout-out to them today. Head to champmouthguards.com right now. When making a purchase, it's discount code RLIMO10 for 10% off of your purchase. So footy season's coming close, at least for junior clubs. So make sure you get in um, and get your mouth guard. And you can also customize a mouth guard using state-of-the-art 3D technology. Uh, champ mouth guards are actually the only ones doing this, a fully customizable mouth guard. So make sure you jump on, have a play around with that too. So just a big thank you to start things off. Uh, to those guys and of course at the end of the podcast you'll hear from Chem from Champ Mouthguards a little bit about their history too. So Coop over the past few weeks this one of the main stories I'd say has been Pappenhausen versus Tedesco they just keep one-upping each other and I guess it nearly came I guess you could say to a bit of a a peak this week with Ryan Pappenhausen scoring four tries in 11 minutes against the Brisbane Broncos for the Melbourne Storm. Um, so we're going to get onto that in a minute. But first, the all-important hashtag Lee Watch. We both watched the game uh, over the weekend as well. It was on Fox. I'm not sure if many Lee games will be broadcast on Fox for the rest of the year, just because they are one of the less they are one of the smaller clubs. And it was only the first two weeks, I believe, they were showing every game. But they went up against the Warrington Wolves in what we were thinking was going to be GI's debut. He's still not debuted yet for the Warrington Wolves after the first two games. Uh, but, yeah, Warrington winning that one against Lee, 44-12. to 12. What are your takeaways from that one, Coop? Um, it was a bit of a hard watch at the start. Uh, Warrington were kind of all over Lee. And, yeah, Gareth would have kind of had a field day. He was killing it. It was good to see him playing well, I guess. It's the first time I've seen him play in a while because I'm not usually um, watching the Super League unless it's a Centurions game. Uh, although they got beat 44-12, give Liam Hood a statue outside of every single stadium. I don't care if he hasn't played for your team. <laughs> Just give him a statue at any stadium. I don't care. Um, yeah, he's turning really... He's really turned into one of my favourite players and I'm not sure what's going to happen with him when Pete's is allowed to play, whether they're going to move Hood to the bench or bring Pete's off the bench or, or what, but... Um, yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, Warrington Wolves pretty much blew Lee out. Yeah, well, I saw at the the day of the game, Nathan Peets actually landed in Lee. So I believe he's got to go through a bit of a quarantine period. So he may not start next week, but I'd have to guess that he does start eventually uh, when he does uh, take the field for the first time for Lee. They'd be paying him decent dollar. Um, just on Liam Hood, though, I was thinking... I. He's Scottish, I believe. And we've got a World Cup coming up at the end of the year. I don't know anyone else. The only other person I know who has played hooker for Scotland before is Peter Wallace, right? Um, And he's obviously retired. So I don't know who, other than Liam Hood, would actually be playing hooker for Scotland in the World Cup. So I don't know. Once it comes World Cup time in October, Coop, they may have to be your 
your underdog team that you support. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Well, we might as well get on to the main topic of today. Ryan Pappenhausen versus James Tedesco. Coop, I believe you've got Ryan Pappenhausen's stats yep. thus far in front of you. I've got Teddy's sitting in front of me. So why don't you take us away? Give us Ryan Pappenhausen's stats for the 2021 yep. NRL season thus far. Ryan Pappenhausen has played three games this year uh, in which he scored six tries and kicked 12 goals. Uh, those goals those goals are with an 80% conversion rate, so he's kicking them decently. Three try assists, 18 tackle breaks, four line breaks. Uh, he's made seven tackles with one missed tackle. The tackles don't really matter if you're a fullback, to be honest. Uh, he averages 241 running meters. And I don't know if we're really going to bring up fantasy, but he's averaging 84 fantasy points and he's in my squad. So I'm happy with that. But um, yeah, so overall to start the year, he's, he's killed it. And I can understand why there's a conversation there and we'll get into our thoughts of who we would choose later. But um, yeah, definitely a conversation to be had. And considering the start to the season, I can, I can see the hype around him. Yeah. Well, statistically he's actually better than James Tedesco at least in 2021 stats don't lie and I'm not necessarily jumping the gun and saying that Pavanhausen's the better player but statistically thus far he's been better because Teddy's stats are as follows four four appearances so he's had one extra game over Pappy as well seven tries three goals 50% conversion rate one try assist two line break assists four offloads 146 receipts 21 tackles made for an 80.8% tackle efficiency rate. 194.9 average running meters. Again, less than Pappenhausen. And averaging 64.8 points uh, fantasy-wise. So there we go. Uh, What are your thoughts on this? Well, I'll be honest. That actually surprises me because this is my first time I probably should have did a bit of research before we did a Ryan Pappenhausen v James Tedesco podcast but this is my first time reading out Teddy um not Teddy's reading out Pappy's stats and considering he's played one less game they're they've well like comfortably better than James Tedesco so it is only three four games in so there's not too much to take away from it but he is clearly having the better season to start off with but um yeah, so kind of, I'm feeling pretty not confused. I, I thought they were a lot closer than what these stats made out this year anyways. But um, yeah, Pappy seems like he's well on top. Yeah, definitely, because Tedesco's having a monster season himself. Yeah. Like after the first two rounds, I think it was Tedesco and Brett Morris combined had 11 tries, which I think was more than any club other than the Roosters in the competition. So Tedesco's looking like he could nearly have a career year. Uh, but Papenhausen, wow, at least concerning this season, has been amazing. Okay, we'll get to the big question soon. But let's stick with 2021 for a moment. Who has been the better fullback? In your opinion, not, not necessarily based off of these stats, um, but who has been the better fullback thus far in 2021? Ryan Pappenhausen or James Tedesco, keeping in mind Tedesco's played an extra game. Yeah, I'd have to say Pappenhausen. Um, definitely Pappenhausen. He's looked really, really good. But um, yeah, well, I thought Teddy. I thought Teddy was looking really good as well. But yeah, maybe if I hadn't heard the stats just then, I probably would have said 
Teddy, just because maybe it's the, um, just because I know how much he's done in the game. But just hearing the stats, I can't go past Pappenhausen. I, I really can't go past Pappenhausen for 2021 thus far either. But we'll get onto the big question now: Who is the better fullback? And I see the argument for Pappenhausen because. At his age, he has done a lot more than James Tedesco and is looking a lot better than James Tedesco was. However, we can only go off what we've seen so far. And I think today, the better fullback is James Tedesco. What do you reckon? Yeah, he's, he's proven himself in every single arena. He's scored match-winning tries for grand finals. He's scored match-winning tries in origin. He's constantly... I've, I've said, I think I said it on a podcast before. Maybe I didn't, but I said that um, Tedesco is kind of like the LeBron James of the NRL not in the fact where LeBron James is one of the greatest of all time I'm not saying Tedesco is one of the greatest of all time I'm more saying it where I don't know how many of the podcast listeners follow the NBA but um, LeBron James is constantly or consistently one of the best players in the league but he doesn't always win MVP but I would always say yeah. he's the best player in the comp that's how I feel about James Tedesco I think he is always the best player in the comp um, maybe there was probably an argument there for Cameron Smith, to be honest, but I always think James Tedesco is the best, even if he isn't winning Dally M's every year. Um, I still believe that. Uh, if I had to pick an Australian inside tomorrow, Tedesco would be my fullback. Uh, it'd be one of, if I could choose any player in the comp uh, to draft tomorrow, Tedesco would be one of the first players I'd pick. Uh, I just, he's, he's proven where Pappenhausen is proving himself. Definitely, but he's only played 45 games and he's looked awesome in those 45 games. He's looked better than Tedesco looked in his first 45 games, but I just think Tedesco's done this for getting up his games here. 162 games, he's he's looked good. Even at the Tigers, he looked good. So, um, yeah, I, I'd say Tedesco. Yeah, you bring up Cameron Smith, right? And James Tedesco, in a way, is the new Cameron Smith, and I'm not talking about the controversies, etc., but unanimously the best player currently in the game. Most people would say so anyway, but he does like Cameron Smith wasn't winning the Dalian medal every year. Right. So I guess that's uh, similar to your LeBron James argument. Uh, one big thing for me. And one of the big reasons why I picked Tedesco, right? Both Pabenhausen and Tedesco playing for the two biggest sides of the NRL era, statistically, right? The Roosters, well, especially in the last five years, the Roosters won in 2018-19, Storm won 17-20. You take Pappenhausen out of that Melbourne Storm side, they're still going to be competing against the best teams, right? It's not as big a loss as James Tedesco. Well, if you take him out of that Roosters team now with Kiri out for the season, that's huge. But even with Kiri there, you take Tedesco out of that rooster side. I'd ask, I'd argue Tedesco is a bigger loss than Ryan Pappenhausen is at the Melbourne Storm at the moment, and I think that's key because they're both they're both on the same wavelength. The Roosters and the Storm, two dominant sides, two dominant regular season sides, especially, but then two sides who usually go on and get the job done. Or in 2018's case, they meet on the grand stage. Um, so that's crucial for me. And yeah. as you said, the, the key thing with Pavanhausen, he's proving himself. Teddy's proven himself. And I think while Teddy's around, 
maybe in Teddy's last couple of seasons when he starts going down, Pat will overtake him. But yeah, he's in my Australian side. He's my New South Wales fullback. Even if Pappenhausen does go on to have a better season in 2021 than Tedesco, I'm still tipping Tedesco um, to be playing for New South Wales, to be playing for Australia. It's like last year, right? I'd say overall, Apisai Coruscant had a better season than Damian Cook, right? But you still pick Damian Cook for that New South Wales origin side, if you get me. He, he's yeah. one of those pick and sticks. And I think James Tedesco definitely is one too. And yeah, as we brought up before, Tedesco is still having an amazing year. Um, yeah, it rivals his 2019 season. I hesitated a bit there because I didn't know if I wanted to go that far, but I will. Thus far, he's rivaling his 2019 Dalian medal winning season. So if Pappenhausen's playing better so far and he can go on to continue to play at that high level, then maybe he has a, a Dalian medal waiting for him. What are your thoughts, yeah. I guess, on Pappenhausen's Dalian medal chances? Well, as long as he's in that... Um... <coughs> Pardon me. As long as he's in that storm side, it will be definitely tougher. I could definitely see him winning a Dalian, but um, it's more the system that needs kind of a revamp because uh, he's up against uh, the likes of Harry Grant, Cameron Munster, um, Jerome Hughes to compete for points. So I don't think he'll win it this year and it will be hard for him to win it in future years, but I think he'll eventually win it. Um, just quickly on Tedesco as well, he's had to... Um, deal with a lot of adversity. I know Pappenhausen was behind a lot of good fullbacks and he had to work his way through up. Uh, he's had to work his way uh, through the ranks as well. But Tedesco, I could, I know he's definitely torn his ACL once. I feel like he's done it twice. Hasn't yeah. He done it twice? Yep. Yeah. So the first time he did it was on his day. De- I remember watching was on his debut in 2012 was the first yep. time he did it. Yeah. Yeah. So tearing an ACL twice, that's two seasons out. So he's, he's kind of missed out on two seasons of, rugby league as well and to come back from an ACL's tough especially back to his form like if he hadn't done his ACL's who knows the type of player he would have been as well because usually when you do it you kind of come back a bit um you don't come back as good um he came, he went to the Roosters in 2018 they won the comp back to back I know Cooper Cronk was also there I, I know that but you can't ignore the fact that Tedesco had a massive part to do with that as well. So, um, and honestly, if the Roosters don't get a few good players injured last year, they're looking like they could have gone back to back to back. I know the Storm yep. Panthers were there as well, but there were definitely a chance. So he's um, he pretty much brings success wherever he goes. I know he had that little um, period there in the Tigers where I don't think they did awesome. Um but yeah, he's just brings success. And you brought up the argument earlier. I feel like if Pappenhausen wasn't at the storm, they would be not where they'd be fine. But uh, Tedesco to the Roosters is more important than Pappenhausen is to the storm, I think. Well, it's like with the storm as well. And I just thought about it. If Pappenhausen goes down, you bring Nico Hines in, right? Yep. Tedesco goes down. Well, you do bring in Joseph Sawali, but he's not made his NRL debut yet. And we yeah. we believe, we've said on the podcast before, that we think Sawali will live up to the hype at least eventually and be a star. But that that's not to say he's going to do it straight away. You know, you still need to let's go there now. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. Another question I have for you. So I asked you if you think Pavanhausen could win the Dalian medal in 2021. You said maybe a few years down the 
down the line. I wonder, does Teddy have what it takes to, well, he's 28 now. Let's say he plays till he's 33. So what, we give him another five, six years. Yep. Can he win another Dalian medal in that time? Will he win another Dalian medal in that time? Yeah, well, I think this year is a, a good chance considering who's really, like there are good plays in that Rooster squad. I know Beedmonts is racking up the Dalian points, but um, yeah, who's really there that's going to be taking points off him consistently? Luke Curie's down. Jake Friend's looking yeah. like he's going to retire. Um, Lachlan Lamb's gone. I guess Radley might, but I think he's a good he's a good chance because he's always going to put up nearly two hundred meters game, and I I still think the Roosters will be semi good, and I don't think there's a whole lot of players to compete. So I think if not this year. Uh, I think you'll definitely win one within the next five years. Yeah, I was just thinking about the Rooster side too. If he's not getting the points, it's going to be your, your Siwa, Takeahos, um, your Tupanuas too. And as we've discussed before, because you did, oh, well, you tipped Angus Crichton to win the, the Dalian medal this year. Yeah. So he's another one you could throw in. But we did talk about how Fords don't usually rack up the Dalian points, right? They don't usually win the Dalian medal. So that could also help Teddy, right? Because if he's not winning the game for the Roosters, it's going to be those guys, but they're not going to get the points that he does. So he's always going to be getting points. So that is very interesting. And I think, you know what? You've nearly, excuse me, you've nearly turned me. You've nearly got me tipping Teddy to win the Dalian medal. I'm sticking with Gaffo for now. I was just thinking though, this is a bit off topic. Our top five for the Dalian medal at the end of the year, the weight shaping up at least could end up being four fullbacks and a halfback. We could genuinely see Tedesco, Pappenhausen, Gutherson. I'm going to throw Latrell Mitchell in there and Nathan Cleary. I I think Cleary will be thereabouts. Yeah. Would you say the fullback, right? Like, so I don't know how to really word it, but the race to being the number one fullback is the closest position wise like would you say there's the most steps in that position to be number one because i'll say at the moment i think so i think yeah there is the most depth at fullback and pretty much every club now has a fullback at least a first grade standard fullback however it's still easy to rank them at the moment like this is just me at the moment the top two in the elite tier at the moment uh, Teddy and Papenhausen. Just below them, you've got your Latrell Mitchells, your Kalen Pongers, your Tommy. I reckon Tommy Turbo would be elite if he hadn't been out injured, from what I saw yeah. at least in 2019. And you've got, I'll chuck AJ in there, but I could be showing a bit of Titans biased. Yeah. But they're just below. Even people like Chance Nickel Clockstad. Um, I can, he, yeah. Shame on me for forgetting him. Well, he's still there and thereabouts. And, um, like, I wouldn't be putting him up there. But if he wants to keep playing like he has this year, you could even put Will Kennedy in that discussion. I'm not, but I'm just saying the start he's had to this season has been awesome. But, um, yeah, even Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards is so massively underrated. Um, He's just an absolute workhorse. And that first half against the uh, Melbourne Storm, that's the best I think I've ever seen him play. So it's a bit of a shame he had to go down injured but yeah i think there's so much depth to that fullback spot it's um it's crazy we also forgot roger tolvasa check <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
you know what? I would genuinely say he's just that level below Teddy and Paps right now. And I know there are a lot of... RTS is a player who splits opinion a lot, I've noticed, because he's obviously at his best. He's up there as one of the best fullbacks in the game, if not the best. However, I'd say you get three big moments out of RTS each game, which is elite level stuff. Whereas a yep. Teddy or a Pap will give you six. That's, that's just my thinking. Oh, and if you take RTS out of that warrior side, like his impact on his side is obviously a lot bigger, but he's not playing in a side like the Roosters or the Storm. So you take points away for that, I guess. Yep. But yeah, I, uh, I know we're going off on a... Te- well, we've pretty much spoke... Like, we think Teddy yeah. is better than Pap, so we might as well talk about fullbacks for a bit. But, yeah, RTS, I put out a post last year, and I think it was when he was um, out of form a little bit, and I was like, is RTS still a top 10 player? It was split. There were people cursing me, being like, how dare you not have him in your top three? And there were people like, he's not even top 20. You know what yeah. I mean? He, he really... Sp- Splits opinion. I think by the end of 2020 and now, I think he'd probably back up in that top five fullbacks in the game. But there was that period, I think it might have been even 2019. You had the likes of Tedesco won the Daly M. You had Pappenhausen coming through and he was looking promising. You had Ponga playing decent football. Gutherson was amazing, that it was his re emergence. Nickel Klukstad, that was his big, you know, his big season, I guess you could say 2019. And Tommy Turbo, he was out for half the year. People forget he was half out half the year in 2019. And shout out to Lee Centurion fullback, Brendan Elliott, who filled in and actually did a good job uh, during that time for Manly. You had Tommy Turbo there too. So those, I, I think I just listed off six fullbacks who were probably in 2019 playing better than Roger Tulvasashek. And this is just an opinion thing. RTS was obviously up there in 2018 too, and I'm keen to hear your opinion on this, Coop. I personally don't think from round one to round 26, consistently, Roger Tulvasashek was the best player in the NRL in 2018. I personally don't think so. Yeah, well, looking, this is just at the running, because I, I quickly got his stats up because we were talking about him and I was interested. Yeah. Um, in 2018... He had a, he averaged 178 running meters a game. Okay. 2019, 206 running meters a game. So that's right. um, that's a bit of a difference there. But that's the only stat I've looked at. I'm wondering if um, do, you, do you think it might be a workload thing too? Because I'd yeah. say the Warriors side probably worsened from 18 to 19. Yeah, I feel like that's also one of RTS's problems. It's not really on him. I feel like. Yeah. The Warriors don't really get a whole lot of exposure, so it's kind of hard for him to get recognised. Um, yeah. Uh, like, I feel like if you put him in a lot of other squads, he'd be definitely in that. Um, oh, I guess, I think he's kind of always in the top three discussion nowadays, or not, I don't know. RTS top five a, now. Yeah, top five, definitely. He's just one of those kind of players that you don't really know where to chuck him, or well, that's me anyways, but... Um, yeah, I know there are a few years, oh, not a few years there. Um, in 2019, he was definitely copping a bit of criticism and I was one of the people giving him criticism, but looking at that, he's run over nearly 30 more meters a game. So, um, yeah, that's, that's weird. Yeah. 
this is purely my opinion. And I was just having to think then. I'm thinking season from season. So 2015, he first went into the fullback row at the Roosters. Yeah. Each season, I don't think he's been the best fullback in the game for one of those seasons. Top two, top three, sure. For me personally, it's a bit harder for me to think back 2015, 2016, but 2020, I would say Gutherson, in terms of a single season, Gutherson was probably the best fullback in 2020. Consistently over a few years, Teddy's better, yes, but just taking 2020, Gutherson's better. Yeah. 2019, Teddy. 2018, I would maybe even still argue Teddy. That's just me. Yeah. Um, even, you know what? Even Kalen Ponga. Kalen mm. Ponga had a really good 2018, his first year. 2017. And this may split opinion, but just about Billy Slater. Like, I remember 2017, he retired 2018, came back from a couple of shoulder injuries in 2017, tore the house down. Teddy was also right up there at the Tigers. 2016, I might give him 2016. Yeah. Did Ben Barber, maybe, oh, at Cronulla? Yeah, Ben Barber. I forgot how well he yeah. played in that um, 2016 season. Who mm. else was playing for back in 2016? Um. Yeah, I'd probably give that to Ben Barber. I, I might give it to RTS just twenty sixteen because I can't yeah. I can't really think off the top of my head to be honest. Jack White was playing decent at fullback in twenty sixteen too, but he's not the the Jack White we know today. And in twenty fifteen, RTS's first year at fullback, I don't think he was the best. You know what? Your Darius boys are probably up there. Lachlan Coot even. Billy Slater was playing in 2015 as well, I believe. I don't think he was injured in 2015. Um, Guys, correct me. Send me a DM or something if I'm wrong, which I might be. But, yeah, I don't know. Just personally, I might give RTS 2016 because I know Barber was good, really good. But, yeah, that's the only one that I think I might budge on. But in recent years, no, not for me. I know there are plenty of people out there who have probably had him as the best fullback the past five years. Like that's yeah. that's yeah. how divided this is. But personally, I just say no from a personal standpoint. What what about you, Cooper? Do well, do you reckon I'm wrong? Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I well, yeah. I, again, RTS is just such a hard one to kind of yeah pinpoint. Um, why will while you were talking about that, I um, got up on NRL.com, top five fullbacks in the NRL uh, in 2016. Uh, this was voted by the NRL.com staff, so it's not 100% accurate, but they had some idea. It'll give us a uh, good, yeah. Yep. Fifth, they had Matt Moylan. Fourth, Billy yeah. Slater. Third, Greg Inglis. Second, James Tedesco. Have a guess who they had at number one. RTS or Barber. Darius Boyd. Darius Boyd, not a bad shout to be yeah, honest, back then. Nine tries, 15 try assists, nine line breaks, 62 tackle breaks, and he averaged 124 metres per game. So, um, yeah. But uh, Greg Inglis, yeah. yeah 
Greg Inglis had five tries, seven try assists, 11 line breaks, 71 yeah. tackle breaks, and averaged 144 yeah. metres a game. Yeah, but I was going to say, even for 2015, like a Matt Moylan and a Greg Inglis, like you chuck them in 2015 as well. Yep. Inglis was better than RTS in 2015, of course. So yep. there's one there. But yeah, go on what we're saying. Um, yeah, it kind of surprises me that there's no Ben Barber in that top five, considering yeah. I was watching him and thought he was really good. And um, yeah, RTS can't even... I mean, I don't know how accurate list is, considering Ben Barber wasn't in it, but um, RTS isn't in the top five in 2016. So um, yeah, that's that. Okay. We, we, I want to bring this back onto topic before we finish up. Yep. So yep. we've spoken about... If RTS was the best fullback in the game, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. We'll start from 2015 again for James Tedesco. 2020, in terms of a single season, was he the best fullback in the game? Personally, I say no. It, for that season alone, Gutho had a better year. So I'll say no. 2019 and 2018 for me, those two years, I'll give it to Teddy. Um, but Ponga comes close in 2018. 2017, he could even get it. I'm interested, if you can, Statman, look up um, yep. look up 2017 because Teddy had a really good individual year for the Tigers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that one I'm a bit blurry on. But uh, 19 and 18, definitely for me. 17 on standby. 16, I feel like that was an injury year for him. Or was that the year he was supposed to go to Canberra but didn't? It was either 15 or 16, I think he was supposed to go to Canberra. But uh, 16, well, you look at the names you mentioned there, I'd say like a Greg Inglis or a Ben Barber, even a Darius Boyd was playing good. And in 2015, I'd probably say Greg Inglis as well. So I'm looking at those three years in a row, uh, 17, 18, 19. And you know what? He still played amazing football in 2020, if you want to... I understand yeah. if you have him as 2020, but personally, I think Arthur just had a better year. Um, so what's 2017 looking like? Uh, 2017, I'll quickly just get up his running metres. He averaged 175 running metres, had a 69.5% tackle efficiency. Uh, what else should I check here? Eight try assists, 12 line breaks. Uh what else is here? Um, yeah, that's kind of about it um, from what I can see. So, yeah, 175 running metres pretty much, and that was up from 135 running metres the year before, mm. so he's added on 40 metres. Um, so there's definitely improvement there. I'll give him 2017 too. How about you? What would you say since 2015, which seasons do you believe he was the best fullback? I feel like ever since um, he rocked up to the Roosters in 2018, I, I don't think there's really been an argument for a fullback being, oh, there's been an argument, but I think he's been the best fullback in the game ever since he's been at the Roosters. And I'd say 2017 as well, uh, that last year he had with the Tigers. That's why a lot of Roosters fans were getting excited because he was building up a lot of hype and he was building up his profile quite a lot in uh, 2017. So I think he was... he. We went over, yeah, he, he debuted in Origin 2016 because we did that season review. So he was already a rep player and was already in the eye of um, most fans. But 
yeah, I'd say from 2017 onwards, he's been the best player in the game. And before that, um, oh, Billy Slater was injured for a couple of years there. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, I'm not really too sure before that. I yeah, I'd, I'd say Inglis 2015 probably. Yep. He's yep. yeah the standout for me. Now, Ryan Pappenhausen, I think this one will be quick because we've pretty much given our opinions on who we think was the best fullback in 2019-2020. Pappenhausen didn't even really play much fullback in 2019. He was either off the bench or starting, I think, on the edge. Um, 2020, you've got Teddy. I've personally got Gutho. So whilst Pap's been really good in his first full year in 2020, I don't think he was the best fullback in the game. The start of this year is where the hype around Paps really started. So it's more, yeah, it's more what's to come thus far. So in the past five, six years, we both had Teddy as the best fullback in three straight years. Well, you've got four straight. I've got three straight. I wonder how Paps going to go. Okay. In the next five years, will anyone other than Pappenhausen or Tedesco be the best fullback in a single season? I don't think so, but if there was one player, I think it would be Luttrell. Yeah, and I've already spoken about how much love I have for Luttrell, so I'm not trying to be biased here. This isn't me speaking biased because I like him. It's more just I, from what he's showed in these three games, if he can play like that every single game and if he can really find his feet, which he seems to be doing under Wayne Bennett. I know Wayne Bennett's leaving at the end of the year, but um, yeah, Luttrell would be the only other player I'd put in their category. Or Tommy yeah, Turbo, if he could stay fit. Tommy Turbo, if he could stay fit. But um, I'd say it's going to be Tedesco, Pappenhausen, and then there's going to be a little bit of a gap, and then the rest. I think they're um, pretty far ahead as best fullbacks in the game at the moment, both of them. But yeah, I'd have Teddy at number one, like we spoke about earlier. Yeah. Look, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of other players. I don't necessarily think they will... Uh, be the best fullback over a, a regular season. However, Ponga could look Ponga could, but personally, and I might get some hate from some Newcastle fans here. I just and this, I, I don't know if you get me here, but I don't see it happening at Newcastle. Just at at the moment, I can see him still being one of the best fullbacks in the game and being one of Newcastle's best players for sure in, in a final side. But I I can't ever see him being a Tedesco or a Pappenhausen to that level they're playing at at Newcastle. And like I'd say the same if a Teddy was there or a Pap was there right now, um, just because of the way the team's set up purely. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But yeah, I, I can't see it happening. AJ Brimson, look, as a Titans fan, we're going to have to get a lot better for him to be recognised at that level and for him to be able to play like that. He's clearly the Titans, I'd say, in terms of pure talent and skill. Uh, you could say a David Fafita, but it's him and AJ. And I think AJ... AJ could in like, in like five years, I feel Ooh, like. It, if the Titans keep on the up, then I feel like he could. I think there's more of a conversation between who should be playing fullback for Queensland yeah. out of Ponga and AJ Brimson than there is between Teddy and Pappenhausen. I think Teddy's just the out-and-out 
fullback for New South Wales. I don't yep. really think there's an argument there. Pappenhausen probably coming off the bench um, at, in the 14, but after after the way AJ Brimson played in that first game for Queensland, um, I've heard a lot of people talking about um, who should be there. Obviously, Ponga hasn't been able to play with his shoulder. AJ has had a solid start to the season. He hasn't killed it, but he definitely hasn't been playing bad. He's been he's been good. So, um, yeah, come origin time, I think the conversation will get a bit louder. But I feel like they'll still put Ponga there. But I think it's closer than the uh, Pap and Teddy um, race. Again, this could be Titans bias, but I feel like last year it, it was going to be Ponga, right? And it was, no one yep. was really going to challenge Ponga. But then Ponga got injured, AJ got his chance. The way AJ played throughout 2020... The way he played in Origin 1, he's earned himself enough credibility, I'd say, that if he is having a better 2021 than Ponga come Origin time, he will get picked over Ponga. I purely, it's come down to them two, and honestly, it's going to be whoever's playing better at the time. Yeah, he maybe he wasn't as dominant, but people talk on Michael Morgan in 2017 when he kind of um, got those Cowboys, those wins in a row, and obviously Hainsey in 09. Um, AJ, for those last five games that the Titans won, he was the main factor in them winning those games. He was yep. absolutely electric in those five games. Um, obviously, it wasn't to a finals berth. If he had taken them to the finals, it would definitely be spoken about a lot. Yeah. But um, people don't know, how, or not don't know, um, people forget how good he was in those last five games. And then in origin, before he got injured, pretty much didn't really have that much of a preseason because he was in rehab most of the time. And um, yeah, and these, the more games he plays, you can see he's finding his feet a bit more. So um, yeah, I think he's going to have a huge year, AJ. Yeah, well, as a Titans fan, fingers crossed. Uh, anyway, Coop, unless you've got anything else to add, I feel like we're good to wrap this one up, wrap this yeah. one up in a nice, neat little bow. Yep, I think we've pretty much um, covered it all. Also, Quick shout out, Dane Laurie. You, you're absolutely killing it. You yeah. can be put in this conversation if you keep playing the way you want to play because I'm so amazed with how that guy's playing. I've got massive raps on him. Um, yeah, so Dane Laurie, keep playing the way you're playing and you're going to be in this conversation for sure. And if the Tigers keep going the way they're going, he will be at a better club in three yep. years. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. no, you know, I, I genuinely hope... He stays at the Tigers and the Tigers get him some decent help and they actually build something because it's been far too long since the Tigers have made the top eight. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Uh, I've been Oliver from Rugby League, in my opinion. Let us know on the socials who's been better thus far, Teddy or Pappenhausen in 2021. Uh, before we go, a quick word from our sponsors at Champ Mouthguards. Well, guys, I'm here with Jem from Champ Mouthguards. How are we today, Jem? Good, mate. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Uh, well, thanks for jumping on board and sponsoring Rugby League, in my opinion. Look, first of all, I wanted to ask, how did this all start? Uh, how did Champ Mouthguards uh, start in the beginning? What was, I guess, the idea behind it and how has it gotten to where it is today? Yeah, it's a good question, mate. It's quite funny. Um most businesses, I guess, start from something small. And I guess you just look at uh, um, how Apple was created out of a garage and to where Apple is now. And it's a similar story, to be honest with you. Um, there's two directors in Champ Mouthguards, myself and my business partner, Urson. 
my background was in rugby league as well. I was a player and a coach as well. I actually um, was fortunate enough to get involved in the representative coaching at South Sydney Rabbitohs. Okay, um, nice. Yeah. I was assistant coach under Willie Peters, um, Arthur Katinas, who was an ex-first grade coach with South, um, as well as uh, Matt King as well. Um, yeah, so... I was kind of fortunate enough to be around these kids that are now playing first grade, which is great to see. Um, and then basically my business partner had the dental background. So he owns a dental surgery and his father owns a laboratory as well. So it's in their blood, uh, the dental scene. So we just basically put both heads together. We use my network and his skills and his qualifications and that's how it started. Yeah, nice. I believe you guys are actually partnered with the West Tigers and St. George Illawarra Dragons as their official mouth guard. Uh, how did that come to be? Mate, um, it's just um, going out there and, and basically explaining who we are, what we're all about. Um, Josh Atherton at the West Tigers was a great believer in, in what we had to offer. Um, apart from just making mouth guards, we also love to give back to the community and that's how we started uh, really well at the early stages. So um, in the South Sydney district, a lot of the grassroots clubs I had an affiliation with, uh, whether it be me as a player or, um, you know, just in the community itself. So I had an understanding of what these guys needed in terms of raising funds to give back. So um, we had that sort of model that we pitched the West Tigers that we love to give back to the community and that's what they're all about. So they had a bit of belief in us and that's where the opportunity come from. Yeah, uh, how about the Dragons? So the Dragons basically uh, was just an opportunity that I seen. I had a, uh, a chat with one of the other players um, who's a brand ambassador of ours, um, Jess Sergis. Um, Jess Sergis, as you know, plays with the women's at the Dragons and her boyfriend's with Lomax as well. Um, we did uh, Zach Lomax's mouth guard. He loved it. And um, it was just an opportunity through that, basically, that got us in the door. Jem, why should players or parents of players out there be opting to go with champ mouthguards uh, over other competitors? That's a good question. Um, there's two types of mouthguards, as we know. You, it's the ball and bite that you get from, say, Rebel or from the chemist. Uh, most of the time, the kids or even adults tend to just leave them in their sock because it's not comfortable. Um, so it's important to get a custom-made mouthguard. That's something that I, I like to push to a lot of the parents or, or players out there who have never had one before. Um, and the reason why I would suggest you come to Champ Mouthguards is because we actually specialise in making mouthguards particular to your sport. So um, whereas a dentist might give you over-protection, overkill, and it's going to be too thick in your mouth and you're not going to be able to breathe, yes, your teeth will be protected, but it's not really practical. So... Our mouthguards are practical, they protect you and allows you to breathe and make sure that you're still being able to perform at your, your peak performance. Yeah, so I guess you could say protection and comfort and that's what gets champ mouthguards over the line uh, over your competitors. Yeah, one little extra thing as well, I'm not sure if anybody's jumped on our website, but we've got a cool 3D customizer. So you can actually jump on our website and uh, it's the first one in the world actually. Um, in terms of the mouthguard 3D customizer, you can actually see what your mouthguard's going to look like before you actually purchase it. And there's a whole heap of graphics that you can choose from our builder. Um, or you can upload from your own camera roll or any image off your phone and customize it to your liking as well. Yeah, well, I've certainly had to play around with it and made a rugby league, in my opinion, 
mouth guard. I'll have to start playing sport again so I can actually rep it. Um, uh, but I'm proud to announce that we've actually got a discount code uh, with Champ Mouthguards, 10% off if you use the discount code RILIMO, that's R-L-I-M-O 10. So RILIMO 10, R-L-I-M-O 10, 10% off your purchase at Champ Mouthguards. Jem, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate it.